Hello there. A quick word if you don't mind. We hope you're enjoying this completely free serialized audiobook by Derek Power. In these challenging times, the world needs a strong dose of Irish mythology and fairy magic. If you could, please take a moment to rate the podcast and subscribe. That would just be lovely. Stay safe out there, everybody. And remember, it's easy right now to be a superhero. All you need to do is wear a mask. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 9. Filthy Henry climbed up the tiny staircase to his office. He opened the glass pane door and went inside. He took off his coat, tossing it in the rough direction of the coat rack, missing said rack entirely, and walked around to his seat behind the desk. Leprechaun's fancy leather chair was still there, some residual magic fading into the air. The fairy detective gave some consideration to setting fire to the chair with a little spell, but the amount of energy it would cost him was not worth it. Besides, there was always a bored teenager somewhere in Dublin looking to set fire to something. All he had to do was leave the chair in a place it could easily be procured by the miscreants. Sometimes you didn't even need to leave it outside your property for them to get their hands on it. Filthy Henry took a pad and pen out from a desk drawer, setting them down in front of him. This morning's little crime scene visit and seemingly random meeting with Shelley needed to be documented. Everything noted down, cross-referenced, assigned a little category in the puzzle that was the case so that the picture could start to appear. Solving a case was exactly like doing a jigsaw puzzle, Filthy Henry always thought. You had to lay out everything neatly before you started, and make sure you had all the bits. It was hard to finish a thousand-piece jigsaw of clear blue sky if all you had were red tiles. He flipped open the notepad and with the pen drew three lines lengthways down the page, creating three columns. Along the top of the page he wrote Leprechaun, Missing Cat and Bloodless Bodies, one in each column. Filling out Leprechaun's list of clues was easy. For starters, he knew what had been stolen and guessing the motive would hardly tax the brain. If you wanted an endless supply of riches, you steal something that creates an endless supply of riches. The fact that it was the mother croc, however, did raise questions. Any leprechaun croc would have done the job, but the mother croc was a different target entirely. Stealing it brought down the whole financial system of fairy kind, like an unregulated banking system would have for the human world. This could of course mean that the real motive behind the theft was not just riches. It may have been intended as an attack directly at Leprechaun himself. A way to steal power out from under him, bring his reign as Leprechaun King into question. After all, how could you be King of the Leprechauns without your own crock of gold? Filthy Henry wrote the word personal at the end of Leprechaun's list and underlined it twice. There may be more to the theft than just plain old-fashioned greed, and despite not liking the short arse, the fairy detective felt he should look at all possible angles. He moved over to the final column, the one that was for the two stiffs in the empty warehouse. This one was going to be a little more delicate, require a bit more finesse to solve. Two humans had been killed by what looked to be a stoker that had decided the rules were only guidelines and could be ignored. Normally the vampires were not a problem, since the advent of blood donations and blood banks 
the Stokers had become a lot more civilised about the whole drinking blood thing. The problem with drinking human blood was that you got all the infections that came with it. As the human population grew, it became a bloody game of Russian roulette as to whether or not you drank from someone who was carrying something new. If you did become infected, you suffered the symptoms forever, or until a wooden stake was driven through your heart. Which made blood banks a much safer option. Screen clarity with a nice labelling system, so you could sample your A positive or O negatives depending on your mood. How could anybody turn their fangs up to that? So why one, or more, had decided to go directly to the source was just as interesting as finding out who the vampire had been. More to the point, why had they drained the body so completely? A general rule of blood-sucking thumb was that you never completely drained a victim of their blood when feeding. Something to do with the last beat of a heart being a dangerous thing to a stoker. This case was going to require some dealing with the stoker community in Dublin. Generally they were the better self-policed fairy element in Ireland, because they lasted longer than most of the other races combined. If one stepped out of line, it drew suspicion on the rest of the race. History was one thing a stoker did not forget. They were better than elephants that way. Flaming pitchforks and giant toothpicks to the heart nurtured a strong survival instinct, so they liked to make sure that everyone followed the rules, even more stringently than other fairy folk had to. Filthy Henry frowned and scribbled down Renegade at the top of the list. He tapped the pad with his pen and stared at the central column. Already bloody solved, Filthy Henry said to himself, throwing down his pen and leaning back in the chair. He had very little doubt in his mind that the body of the caught sea from the warehouse was Shelley's pal. An educated guess was hardly required to join the dots. She had hired him to find a fairy cat, and less than two hours later, a dead fairy cat had been found. When magic was involved, coincidences were a lot more common than one would expect. But for the first time in his life, Filthy Henry wanted himself to be proved entirely wrong. On the top of his filing cabinet, Filthy Henry spied the box that currently contained one dead caught sea. He got up, walked over to it, and popped open the lid. The furry corpse inside looked like a cat that was just sleeping in a funny position. A funny and presumably uncomfortable position. Reaching inside, Filthy Henry raised up the animal and checked for a collar, finding it straight away. There was a little bronze name tag in the shape of a fish attached to the leather loop. Stamped on the metal surface in bold black letters were the words Kitty Purry. Oh crap, Filthy Henry said, placing the head back down. He cast a preservation spell and tossed the ball of energy at the box to prevent the body decaying for a few weeks. There was no point in telling Shelley just yet, but a dead cat would stink the office up something fierce until the fairy detective did tell her. Filthy Henry looked out the window, up at the little scrap of sky that he could see between the buildings, and let his mind wander like a child in a toy store. A visit to Leprechaun's fort would probably be a good idea. No doubt the Leprechaun had sealed off the whole area, using a mixture of magic and misdirection, to ensure that neither human nor fairy could contaminate the scene. In that respect, the short arse was better than the entire Gardee at crime scene preservation. Filthy Henry closed the notepad, stuck the pen into the spiral loop, and put the pad in his pocket. It was time for another crime scene visit. Getting to Cunningham Road took a lot longer than it should have from the office. This was not a reflection on the poor state of public transport in the city. The public transport in Dublin was always poor when you needed to rely on it for getting about the place. 
Instead of the usual 16-minute journey, it had taken the better part of an hour. It literally would have been quicker to walk, a thought that Filthy Henry ignored as he sat on the bus in the middle of traffic. Traffic had built up because of a gas leak that had been detected, resulting in the entire area around Cunningham Road being evacuated and sealed off. As generally seemed to happen in Dublin, when there was a single disturbance in the flow of traffic, everything was diverted all over the city, with no real plan in mind, aside from causing endless tailbacks and mild pandemonium. Finally, though, the bus had gotten close enough to the Phoenix Park that the ferry detective was able to jump out at a red light and make his way towards Cunningham Road. A large contingent of safety workers had descended on the street at six in the morning, placing metal barriers across the road. All the residents had been moved from their abodes, and any businesses had been notified and told not to bother opening for the day. Only the bus depot had been left alone, although the lack of activity happening inside would have made a person think otherwise. Most of the drivers were standing at the main gate, watching the street theatre happening before them. There were large white vans parked everywhere, bright orange lights twirling around on the roof to attract the attention of passers-by like moths to a highly combustible flame. Some Garda patrolled along the metal barriers, making sure people stayed on the side deemed to be safe. It was all very exciting stuff. Filthy Henry stood back from the crowd and observed. To the normal person, nothing was out of place. Everything was being done perfectly. A news crew had taken up station at the end of Park 8th Street, cameras rolling and reporters reporting. A throng of people were crowded around the barrier, most of them clearly with nothing better to do with their day other than gaping at the safety crew at work. It all brought a smile to the ferry detective's face as he turned up his magical vision and examined everything again. The Gardaí were real, but under a spell. That was judging from the yellow clouds around their heads that convinced them they had been assigned this duty. None of their radios were turned on, preventing any questions from their station as to what the hell they were doing all day and why they had not reported in recently. When everything was done, they would return to a serious reprimanding from the higher-ups. Made all the worse because of the magical amnesia they would have, preventing answers being given. The white vans with lights were all real as well, but not one of the safety workers was. Each barrier had a van parked at the end of it, all very normal-looking, except that the vans were acting like giant projector screens for the people standing on the safe side of the barrier. None of the safety workers ever approached the vans at all. Rather, they all worked in the distance, away from prying eyes. It was the sort of magic that made a three-dimensional movie seem like child's play. Magic like this required a lot of energy, probably even a good few fairies to maintain all day. Filthy Henry guessed that the bands were not only acting as a limit for the spell, but also home to a dozen or so leprechauns. He walked up to the leftmost barrier, wondering what spell would be required to get past the Garda, when the officer waved at him. Sir, the Garda said, we've been expecting you. Chief said to just go straight on through. The Garda pulled the barrier aside so that Filthy Henry could go around it, then pushed it back in place and continued to watch the crowd. Cheers, Filthy Henry said, walking past the vans and onto the very empty street beyond. He looked back at the crowd. From this side the illusion was distorted and out of focus, like watching a television while sitting right beside it. Some of the safety workers were overlapped, because the spell only catered for perspective from one side and not both. The side door on the nearest van opened. A leprechaun popped his head out. You're all right to walk around on this side, half-breed, he said, 
There's a Kirkie spell in place all over the whole street. This is all just to stop people wondering what's going on. So I can walk around freely without being spotted by a human, are you sure? The leprechaun laughed. Well, unless you look in a mirror, or half a mirror, he said, sliding the door closed once more. Filthy Henry groaned. Just once it would have been nice to work with the fairy folk and not be reminded about his past. The majority of them despised him, but acknowledged that he was just a necessary evil. Like exams in summertime or taxes, he would rather they did not exist, but understood they had to. It was hardly like he had asked to be born, let alone born a freak of magical and natural nature. I should have just told them to sod off, Filthy Henry said to himself, walking down the street towards the entrance to Leprechaun's Fort. The entrance into the underground fort was open, unsealed and unhidden. Usually, it was totally invisible and locked down, even from other fairy kind. Nobody could get in or out without Leprechaun's say-so. The only reason Filthy Henry knew its location was because the smarmy king of the Leprechauns had negotiated the terms of his loan there. It had been a well-choreographed scene, purely so Leprechaun could display his wealth and power to the fairy detective. Filthy Henry entered the fort and started to walk down the corridor. No guards were posted, no spells were in place. Seemingly with the removal of the only valuable thing in the fort, Leprechaun saw no reason to protect anything else. You took your bloody time, Leprechaun said as Filthy Henry entered the main chamber of the underground fort. The Leprechaun was sitting on a little golden throne directly opposite the entrance. I mean, you'd swear you have more important things to do with your time other than work for me. Do I need to remind you about how much you owe me? Filthy Henry stopped just inside the doorway and smiled at the Leprechaun King. Down he got in touch. A couple of drained corpses needed my attention. Rogue Stoker, most likely. Leprechaun was clearly surprised by this little bit of news, but remained silent on the topic. The fairy detective looked around the room. There was only one way in or out, and that was the way he had just come. Most people would have kept something as valuable as a crock of gold, hidden deep in the centre of a maze, or locked up in a vault of some kind. But that was not how fairy folk worked. While the corridor from the street was a straight line to the chamber, it was only that way because Leprechaun permitted it to be at that moment in time. Using the rainbow as the crow flies could be the longest distance between two points, a trick all leprechauns used. In the centre of the room was a slightly raised platform, circular in shape, with a shallow groove in the middle. This was where the mother crock had stood for centuries, although not always underground. Once, long ago, Ireland had been populated with nothing but the fairy folk. Back then there was no need to hide from the sight, and exists in a world that was slightly out of phase with the rest. How times change, Filthy Henry thought. He strolled around the room, looking for anything that might be a clue. Fairy folk did not use any sort of CCTV, since a spell was better at preventing something being stolen than simply watching the crime happen after the fact. So chances of seeing how the two humans had pulled off the caper would be out of the question. There were no magical burn marks on the wall, not even a whiff of a spell in the air. It was almost as if no magic had been used to stop the theft at all, or commit the act for that matter. Filthy Henry stopped beside the throne and put his hands in his pockets. It looked like they had just walked in and picked the crock up. How did they disable the rainbow? Filthy Henry asked. They didn't, Leprechaun said, 
It was still on after they left. The fairy detective found that hard to believe. Rainbows were part of the legend of leprechauns. If you found the end of a rainbow, you got your hands on the pot of gold. Every small child heard the tale. Every adult knew it. Nobody ever pulled it off. Obviously, because you could never get to the end of the rainbow. But that was also because no mortal knew the truth behind the tale. Each crock of gold was protected by a combination of magical spells that prevented practically everything in the world, and some things not in the world, from touching or interacting with the crock. Save for the leprechaun who owned it. Such a gathering of energy culminated in a literal rainbow that glistened over the crock, spinning around it rapidly like a multicoloured dome. Nothing could get past it, not even magic. It was completely protected. In terms of the mother crock, there were a team of leprechauns that worked for Leprechaun, his rainbow guard. Each one focused on powering one colour of the spectrum, since the mother crock was the most important of them all. It was an honour to serve in the rainbow guard, and only the best and strongest ever made it into the ranks. For the spell to still be in place after the theft had occurred, well, it made no sense at all. It would mean that a human had somehow figured out a way around a millennium-old spell, a problem that no fairy had even managed to scratch the surface of. So where are your midget Power Rangers then? Filthy Henry asked. Surely they must have seen something happening, sensed a disturbance in the force. You're watching too many of those moving pictures, Leprechaun said. There's only one of them that encountered the two humans, and he was knocked out. Knocked out? Filthy Henry said. This is just getting better and better. How did that happen exactly? Aren't the Rainbow Guard, like, trained for everything? Leprechaun shifted on the throne, his stubby legs moving like two fat sausages, trying to run back to market. He glared at the fairy detective. Look, I didn't get you involved in this to take the mickey out of it. I got you involved because the rules are plain and simple. Humans were involved and you have to figure out the how and the why. Now you just do your job, half-breed, so that I don't have to listen to you any longer. Filthy Henry clenched his jaw and stared at the leprechaun king. If the payment for solving the case had not been so good, the fairy detective would have told the stubby arsewipe exactly where to go. But the rules were the rules, and Filthy Henry really wanted to get paid for the case. If nothing else, it would finally put an end to all of the half-breed crap forevermore. Where's the guard that was knocked out? he asked. Out front being punished. You won't miss him. He'll be there for another month. Longer if the mother croc doesn't get found. Filthy Henry decided there was nothing else to learn in the chamber and left, going in search of the Rainbow Guard witness. Back on the street, nothing had changed save for the size of the crowd at the barriers. Filthy Henry walked out into the middle of an empty street, safe in the knowledge that the illusion spell would keep him hidden from sight, and looked for the unfortunate Rainbow Guard. Knowing Leprechaun's penchant for punishment, chances were the mighty midget Power Ranger had been transformed into something. An unfitting punishment, of course, but the Leprechaun King would always put in two clauses to get you out of the spell's effects. You could either wait until his mood changed, and whatever crime had been done was undone, or you could solve the problem yourself. The only problem with the second clause was Leprechaun liked to transform people into stationary objects, making it sort of hard to move around and figure things out. A quick glance revealed the victim of the Leprechaun's wrath had been stuffed into the shape of an ornate light fixture attached to the wall of an office building. Even without magical vision, it would have been easy to spot the Rainbow Guard, since the light matched nothing else on the building, 
For a start, it was the only fixture that was on any of the walls in the area. Maybe you can illuminate the events of last night for me, Filthy Henry said, walking over and looking up at the light. One thing that could be said about Leprechaun, he had an artistic temper. Whenever he punished somebody with a transformation, they were always turned into something exquisite when examined up close. This light fixture was made from polished bronze, the arm curling in on itself in a spiral. Where it was attached to the wall, tiny metal leaves could be seen, almost as if they had sprouted from a living plant. The bulb was housed in a small cup, with a little detailed face adorning the part that pointed towards the street. A face that had a little beard on it and moving features. Very funny, filthy, the face said as two tiny metal eyes focused on filthy Henry. Do I have to listen to its ruck load your puntastic wit now? Are we going to get on with this? Hey, I'm here to brighten up your day, the fairy detective said, smiling. The transformed rainbow guard groaned. Ah, uh, why did it have to be you? Go on then, ask her funny questions. Well, how about describing what happened, since you're the only eyewitness? Where were all the other rainbow guards? It's nigh on impossible for a light fixture to look sheepish, but the rainbow guard somehow managed it. He saw something very interesting on the ground and decided to stare at it until the moment had passed. Let me guess, Filthy Henry said, scratching his chin thoughtfully. You lot drew straws to see who would stay sober, and the rest of them were away from their posts, enjoying one or twelve. That about right? The little bronze face wiggled its eyebrows up and down, the best nod that could be managed without a neck. Well, let's just keep that from Leprechaun for the minute, the fairy detective said. So go on, shed some light on the events for me already. The transformed Leprechaun paused for a moment. Well, the fourth entrance opened up of its own accord which it can only do if one of us Rainbow Guard approaches, or Leprechaun himself commands it. So I figured I'd better go see what was going on, just in case. I go running along, and these two humans are strolling down the main corridor like they own the place, shooting at pots. There was clay everywhere. Anything unusual about them? Magically enhanced at all? No, nothing, the Rainbow Guard said. That was the strange thing. They had masks on. But I could see their eyes, and they didn't have a glow or anything. Besides that, it only works if they have potential. Neither of them had any. Two magically brain-dead men is what they were. Even Leprechaun couldn't have given them a second sight if he wanted to. At least not without using a wish to alter reality a little. Filthy Henry looked back across the street at the open entrance into the underground fort. They had to have had something, he said, staring at the opening in the wall of the Phoenix Park. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to see the doorway to begin with. Plus, they needed something to make it open. A spell of some kind, or an enchanted rock at the least. Well, there was something coming from them, the bronze face said. But I brushed it off as the one drink that I'd had that had gone straight to me head. Well? They both had the aura of a caught sea coming off them. Only faint, mind you, but I'm still sure of it. Then again, what do I know? I'm only a bloody talking lamp. The words drifted over Filthy Henry's head as his mind latched on to the one phrase that had deemed interesting. Both of the humans had a faint caught sea aura coming from them. Filthy Henry would still not have bet the rent money on anything, but the coincidences were starting to stack up like dominoes. It was looking more and more likely that Shelley's case and this one were linked by one magical talking cat. 
as he mulled over what the Rainbow Guard had told him, Filthy Henry spotted something on the ground at the foot of a nearby flower bed. It was a crushed up can, one of those energy drinks that people loved so much because they did not appreciate the joys of a well-brewed cup of coffee. Normally, trash would not attract Filthy Henry's attention all that much, considering how littered the streets of Dublin were most of the time. But this was not just trash. At a crime scene like this, it was a potential clue. The levels of potential increased due to the fact it had traces of magic coming from it. Little tendrils of magical energy swirled out the top of the can. Pulling out an empty sandwich bag from his pocket, Filthy Henry walked over to the can, bent down and picked it up with the reverse side of the bag. He sealed it and looked around for anything else that had magic coming off it. What's that? The transformed rainbow guard asked. I'm not sure, Filthy Henry said. The fairy detective looked around the flower bed some more, lifting up branches and pushing apart bushes. After a minute, he found clue number two. Buried under some leaves and petals were two glass vials that glowed like sticks at a rave party. With care, he opened up the sandwich bag again and added the two glass vials to its contents. Ah, you're not serious, the rainbow guard said. I've been hanging here for hours and my possible salvation was right beside me. What did you find? Tell me. You have to let me take the credit. Filthy Henry pocketed the items and started walking towards the white vans. Possibly nothing. Possibly something. I reckon it might illuminate matters a little further. Get out of here with your puns. You're not as funny as you think you are. The bronze face shouted after him. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are currently available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. <laughs>